With the skipper of your 2018 White Sox. Ricky, good to see you. We've talked a couple of times, I think, over the first couple of days of Sox Fest. I, I know that your players have come down to Salon B here, where we're broadcasting from, and been really happy with, with everything here the last couple of days. The fan reception, the excitement for the club, I'm sure you feel a lot the same way. We're extremely uh, excited about the upcoming season, and we're really excited about all the fans that are here with us today and have been here through the week uh, of the opening of the Sox Fest. And I know we're going to come to a conclusion here soon, but uh, we're as excited as everybody is uh, that's here, and uh, we appreciate certainly all of their support and, and uh, the guys that we have. Uh, it's real. I know I keep telling everybody it's real. It'll just be a matter of connecting their talents with the ability to execute and go out there and have some fun and, and win some ball games. So we've had a couple of your young men come by the, the station and come by the show in the last two days. We did a three-hour show yesterday, and I want to make sure I have the guest list right because the names are important. We had Lucas Giolito. Yeah. We had Nicky Delmonico. We had Carlos Rodon. We had Tim Anderson all stop by. Jason Benetti was here too, but okay. we'll talk more about the players. <laughs> and with those guys, I felt this. There was a, there was a real self-assured confidence in a very good way from all those young men. Tim was quiet last season, a quiet guy in general. Carlos is, is not all that outspoken, but still has a confidence to him. I wonder if you're seeing, probably not for the first time, because you're with these guys every day, but I think we're seeing for the first time these guys come out of their shell and take their right as, as a ball player in this league. I think what happens is, you know, as these guys continue to establish themselves as major league baseball players and have success, it allows them a little bit more of the confidence that uh, it's kind of they're backing up what they believe in themselves capable mm -hmm. of doing. And then you have some results that uh, start telling you that, yeah, maybe I'm, I, I can be here, I can perform here, I can succeed here. And uh, I think every single year is a, is a growing uh, uh, experience, both physically and emotionally. And, and in the confidence, it's, you know, anything you do, it's all about confidence. And I think when we talk about uh, believing in them, you know, we always ask them to, to make sure that they believe in themselves. And I think it, it kind of goes hand in hand. And uh, they're growing to be uh, uh, wonderful uh, Major League uh, baseball players and people. Talking with Ricky Renteria here on White Sox Weekly. Here's Sox Fest 2018. I, uh, I want to show you something that I, was, I started to doodle. Uh, while I was getting ready for the show here. Okay. And I know that you've done the same thing this offseason. We talked about it on Wednesday, so you can't even tell me that you haven't. You know what's coming. I've, I've written down a lineup. I know you have. Yeah. Just a couple. Yeah. And it's harder than I, than I thought when I scratched yeah. out a bunch on the paper already. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read it for, for those listening and, and those here, but you're looking at it. I, I know I you're shaking your head already. You hate this. No, I'm, I'm looking at it. Yoan Mancata, Yolmer Sanchez, Jose Abreu, Avi Garcia, Nicky Delmonico. I needed a lefty in the nice. middle of that lineup nice. somewhere there. I like to balance some things yeah, out. There so. you go. Tim Anderson, Wellington Castillo, Lurie Garcia, probably a little lower than he ought to be. Wow. Switch hitter there, and then Adam Engel in the nine spot holding up everything. I, you and I talked a couple of times this last season. I asked you, and I don't know if you were happy answering it, but I asked you. You like the switch hitters, two of them at the top of the lineup. I do. 
How come? I think it gives us uh, flexibility. Uh, it doesn't force me to do anything at the top when I know these guys are possibly getting a lot of at-bats during a ball game, especially if they're uh, proficient and, and balanced on both sides of the plate. It allows them to be able to get turned around and still be uh, effective. Uh, I think uh, usually you try to split them up a little bit more, uh, but I think you have to take into account their ability to go ahead and hit on both sides of the plate uh, and keep them in a position that's still going to give you an opportunity to uh, take advantage of their uh, capabilities. With a lot of these guys, Yoan, yeah. Yolmer, Nicky, even Tim to a certain point, Lurie, Engel, yeah. if he is the, the center fielder, obviously, there are... I wonder how you balance where they need to be in a lineup and how the lineup itself needs to be constructed. These guys are going to prove themselves for really the first time in the whole season the coming year. Well, I I think we have a great problem because the depth of the lineup now... As you say, you're scratching your head and you've scratched things out. You go, God, this looks good. This does, Wow. I mean, I can use any number of guys sure. uh, in that makeup. And yeah. I think we try to go uh, to multiple things. We use matchup sheets. Uh, we try to see where we believe they're going to be able to be uh, more effective within that lineup against the people that they're, they're facing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, some guys, when they're starting to run a little hot, you try to make sure you find a way to keep them going and you want to keep them uh, participating. So... The, the beauty of the club that we have is we have a lot of flexibility. I mean, Yomer can play multiple positions. Lurie can play multiple positions. Uh, all of our outfielders actually can, can probably play multiple positions, but we're trying to sort out uh, and keeping them in a position that will be most advantageous for us, uh, along with uh, now a DH slot that allows me to keep using those bats and moving them around and, and uh, take advantage of all of them. You mentioned the, the chance to, to be flexible in this lineup. I wonder if that also extends to the bullpen. Uh, I, I've bugged you before about yeah. the idea of maybe not using a closer, being multiple in some ideas late in that game. Yeah. You, you've mentioned trying to talk to guys about blocking out which three outs you're getting and, and right. trying to level things out to that point. I wonder you know, how those conversations go with guys who are – New to the system, and you know guys like Joaquin Soria, who have been doing it for a dozen years. You know, Joaquin's been doing uh, multi uh, situations. I think even with Kansas City, uh, I think it depends on the leverage, uh, what they're capable of doing, what the matchup may look like. Uh, when we when we get into spring training, we started it last year. Uh, when the pitchers and catchers reported, we talked about um, concentrating on getting outs as opposed to innings. Yeah. And uh, I think it started to uh, kind of take hold with them. They understood what we were talking about. Uh, the most important thing is to make sure that uh, every opportunity they get to, to record uh, the out, uh, we're going to take advantage of. And if that means giving them the best matchups possible, if the situation calls for us using somebody which may not be necessarily in the ninth, and it might be the eighth, possibly the seventh, but maybe the eighth, in which uh, it's the most important moment uh, that might you know, determine the outcome possibly of the ball game. Having full confidence, obviously, in the guys that we have throughout the the bullpen, uh, being able to mix and match and allow them to still be able to either hold, close, uh, or set up. So uh, I think it just depends on each individual. Uh, We want them to feel comfortable in what they're doing, but we want them to also know that uh, we think uh, in a flexible uh, manner so that uh, they're always available and ready to pitch. Talking with White Sox manager Ricky Renneria here on White Sox Weekly. We had had Lucas Giolito stop by yesterday. Yeah. And I, one of my favorite moments of the 2017 season was a day that Lucas was on the mound. I, I told him, you know, here's, I want to talk about this, and here's where we're going. And I, I look at him and I go, so you're in Detroit. You're playing Detroit. And he knew exactly what we were talking about from day one, from, from minute one. It was bases loaded, 
You went out there to the mound, you challenged the young man, you told him that that was his game. He mentioned, too, to us, when he was talking, that he woke up that morning committed, determined, obsessed with getting his first win in the big leagues, too. I, I wonder if that moment sticks out to you as, as much as it does to others, to Lucas, and as, as you walked out there to Lucas, what was going through your head knowing that this is a young man that you get to challenge at this point? I, I think that you've got to make sure that uh, when you're talking to these guys, they're they're focused on, on the moment and what they're supposed to do. I don't know. Sometimes we go out there more to make sure that they have a, a, the right mindset and the right plan of attack. Uh, I do look in their eyes. I know people think uh, in terms of simply numbers, there's a balance. There's a balancing act with uh, statistics and what an individual uh, an individual is capable of doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you have to allow them an opportunity. And as Rick Hahn has said, mentioned many times, we had the flexibility and, and based on where we were at in terms of the, the makeup of the club. Uh, to allow these guys to experience certain moments that might uh, allow them to gain some experience, whether uh, success or failure, and then go through it with them. So uh, I think at this point, uh, these young men have been showing that they're capable. Uh, we have uh, the utmost trust in them, uh, but we also take into account uh, the other 24 men that are fighting uh, for a ball game. Yeah. And you want to make sure that they know that their efforts don't uh, go for naught. And uh, if we have to make a change, we make that change uh, according to that particular situation. Can you, are the challenges you can issue in spring training with men who may not be on the 25-man yep. roster, guys who, you know, know they're going to double-A or triple-A at some point, are, are, do you have the ability, is it the same in spring training, that, that you have a chance to offer those challenges to those young men, whether it's throwing them in that lineup against, you know, a Clayton Kershaw who's going to start perhaps, uh, you know, against the White Sox in that first spring training game? I think that every opportunity that we get, including spring training, offers them an a chance to experience uh, some some difficult moments, uh, some pressing moments. Uh, I know that uh, for the most part, there's no professional athlete or anybody that competes, including spring training, that doesn't feel that when they go out there they want to do well. And uh, our job is to make sure that they know how they're going about doing what they're going to do at right. that particular moment. And uh, so they want to do well in spring. Uh, regular season, it doesn't matter. Uh, a competitor is a competitor. We just want to make sure they're taking the proper approach. How have your conversations with uh, Carlos Rodon gone uh, about his getting back to the throwing program? He told us he's going to start that on Monday, which is tomorrow, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, it's Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I wonder, as, as spring training comes around, since yeah. we began to talk about it, it's going to be, it seems, kind of a wait and see. He's just going to have to throw and report back some, it sounds like. That's that's pretty much it. I think what we're the, the tact we're taking is to allow him the freedom to feel completely comfortable with the recovery process, uh, the building up uh, process to get them back onto the field because once we get them back on there, we want to make sure we've been at every opportunity to allow him to be able to finish the season. So wherever that might be, uh, I think his body will tell us, his, effort, his, you know, his work will tell us. Uh, obviously, he's got to be comfortable emotionally and physically with what he's doing. Uh, we, sh we are certainly not pressing the issue. We want to make sure that he's completely fine and ready to go. He's been working very hard. He feels very comfortable about uh, the procedure that was in cleaning him up a little bit. He mm -hmm. feels very good about everything that's been going on to this point, and he seems uh, and feels very optimistic. Uh, and I, I shared some time with him in the uh, hitter's camp. He was in, he's there in Arizona, you know, still going through his uh, process of, of uh, healing and working. And uh, I, ex I explained to him that we're not, we're not going to put him in any position uh, to press. We want him to be right, and when he's ready, we'll go. 
I wonder if you, you mentioned the hitters camp, and I, I can't let you get away without talking a bit about it. It was a display of talent. Uh, Rick Hahn has mentioned he was very pleased with how the, how the message that was delivered was both received and, you know, a delivered. I wonder if you could share just a little bit of, of what the message was at that point. I mean, obviously you guys were working through, you know, technique and, you know, balance and stuff, but... There were there were it seems to be a conversation there too. Yeah, there were there were there were conversations every morning before they went out to do their work. Um, Todd Steverson, all the hitting coaches uh, from the minor league system, our hitting coordinators, Getsy, our minor league director, they were all there, uh, basically going over approaches, uh, plan of attack, um, terminology, things of that nature, that we are all on the same page in terms of what we're looking for situationally, how to handle certain situations. Uh, uh, I think it was more us listening to them speak to, to yeah. give us a sense of who they were, what they thought. Uh, it was a, um, a lot of questions asked on both sides, and I think that uh, we had uh, we developed a little bit more insight about our hitters. Uh, they're actually um, a little more more uh, advanced than, than you might think uh, in terms of their their thought process, and uh, so it was a really good uh, um, hitting camp. Uh, it ran for uh, six days. And um, I think that we hammered a lot in terms of understanding our guys and getting uh, information across and making sure that we were all on the same page and how we're going to continue to move forward with uh, how we play the game here in Chicago. So, Ricky, pitchers and catchers report in about two weeks, two weeks and two days, something yeah. like that. You are known for being at the ballpark a little earlier than yeah. everybody else. I figure you're there in, what, eight days, probably down there in Glendale, uh, getting things ready to roll? We'll be there in about four. Okay, yeah. four days is what it is. <laughs> what do you start doing before guys get down there? What's on your checklist to accomplish as a, as a coaching staff, as a manager, before you've got actual players involved? Well, I'll continue to look at the, the, the makeup of the invitees, uh, look at uh, how we're going to uh, incorporate them in, in games, uh, try to get a little bit more background on them, particularly in, as individuals. You know, put my head together as to how I'm going to try to connect them all to each other. You can take this lineup sheet with you if you want. Yeah. Take the one I did. Just walk that <laughs> on down. And just uh, try to create an environment, hopefully, uh, as we did last year, that's, that's inviting, that's uh, looking to work. Uh, allowing these guys to get as comfortable as possible in their baseball shoes, so to speak, mm -hmm. and, and get ready to prepare for 200. Ricky, appreciate it as always. Great talking baseball with you. Looking forward to spring training getting going. Thank you. Thank you Thanks so for having much. me. Ricky Renteria, White Sox manager here on White Sox Weekly. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, you'll hear from Aloy Jimenez. Jake Berger is going to join us after 1230. I'm Connor McKnight. This is WLS AM 890. What's your favorite White Sox memory? Easy. Mark Burley's perfect game. I remember it like it was yesterday. Great shot to short. Ramirez has it. Throws. Burley picks the perfect game. His second no-hitter. Still get the goosebumps every time I think about it. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. It is our third and final day of broadcasting here at SoxFest 2018. We are still in Salon B. We haven't left. I slept here overnight just behind the uh, the pop-up here. Just easier that way. Sox fans, it's never too early to lock in a 2018 ticket package. Full and partial ticket plans are available including a lower-level 10-game plan starting at $230. You can take advantage of great benefits like discounted pricing and flexible payment plans. For more information, call 312-674-1000 
or visit whitesocks.com. You know, a lot of Sox fans are, are here at SoxFest and documenting the proceedings on social media. The young man, Thatcher, who's got an Instagram at southside.central. Follow him over there. He's got a bunch of players following him, taking pictures and getting autographs, all that kind of stuff. You can follow us on Twitter at C1McKnight. That's the Twitter handle. Uh, we had a couple of questions for Ricky Renteria come in, and we will ask some more to Jake Berger when he sits down with us right after the 12.30 news. And uh, Ricky got down with us a little bit early. Go figure. Ricky Renteria early for something. It's always there, always ready to roll. Uh, so I'm going to do a little bit of producing on the air. I hope you don't mind. Uh, with Tyler, we've got a chance to play this interview with Aloy Jimenez here, don't we? we got a few minutes before we have to get to news. All right, Tyler's told me that, yes, in fact, we do. Uh, so Aloy came by after the show was over yesterday. We had the Bulls pregame Friday. Sorry, Friday. We had the Bulls pregame show at 6.30. Aloy came by about 6.45, something like that. So we have a chance to bring it back to you here. Billy Russo, the uh, Spanish translator for the White Sox, came down with. Billy just sat and watched. Aloy's command of, of English is, I think, remarkable. Uh, so we'll play this interview here for you. And uh, Jake Berger's coming up in just a couple of minutes. I'll be back after the interview to tell you what's up and where you can ask questions for Jake. But here's Aloy Jimenez. So, a few minutes to hang out with Aloy Jimenez here at SoxFest 2018. Aloy, your first welcome to SoxFest. What do you think so far? Thank you very much. Uh, it's pretty fun uh, meeting new no guys uh, and uh, see uh, all crazy fans we have in, in Chicago. <laughs> You know, they're incredibly excited about the young crop of players coming up, you especially. What do you say to fans who, who can't wait to see you on the south side, who can't wait to see you in a major league uniform? I, I know you're ready to get there, too. Uh, just uh, wait a little more, and uh, when we get there, and just come and support us. And uh, that's all I, I really want to say the defense. When you were at the hitters camp this uh, this last week, I think it was, yeah. sitting down with a couple of guys, guys you, some guys you knew, some guys you didn't know, obviously. Rick Hahn has mentioned that the talent was pretty obvious. I'm sure it was to you, too. What was it like to gel with some of those guys that you did know and didn't know and see everybody kind of come together a little bit? Uh, was really fun. Like, meet a new guys. Uh, they they just like like me, like young young talent. Uh, they they just try to make fun on everything, and uh, that's really special for me. That's really good. Was it? I mean, I, I know you guys have you know. There's a, a couple of Cuban guys involved in uh, the involved in the organization, and I, I guess the conversation between Yoan and Luis Robert was was a pretty solid one. I guess they kind of got along well. Did you notice it too? Uh, yeah, like th those guys uh, are really nice persons, uh, and uh, they they know each other like. But they try to meet other guys, like especially Americans guys, mm -hmm. and they try to speak the, the same language, and we try to speak the same language, and uh, that that's pretty awesome. Like, that's good. Like meet those guys and uh, talk with them, and uh, try to know know them, like <laughs> like especially when uh, like personally, like, yeah, yeah, and that is pretty awesome. So we have obviously there's a bunch of different ways to say home run, right? You get to say dinger or, you know, like I, I need to know your favorite your favorite nickname for a home run in Spanish and in English. And if it's the same one, then that's fine, but maybe they're different. 
Because for me, like when I'm doing the pregame show or the postgame, I can't stop myself from saying dinger. I think it's just more fun than anything yeah, else in the world. It's, it's, it's dinger, right? Dinger. It's yeah, good. Okay. It's right. good. Is there is your favorite? Do you have a favorite one in Spanish? How else can you say? Home, what's your favorite way to say home run? That's not saying home run in Spanish. Para calle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly translated, that is. I mean, it's probably just home run, right? Get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, Aloy, we'll see a bunch of you getting out of here, I think, out of the ballpark this coming season. And we'll see you guarantee rates sooner rather than later. Okay, thank you very much. You got it. Take care. Aloy Jimenez had a couple of minutes to stop by, so we figured we'd air that for you instead of, you know, not doing it, I guess. Spring training is coming quick. Join the Bulls Sox Youth Academy on President's Day, February 19th, for a fun three-hour baseball or basketball camp. If you got two sports stars, you can make a day of it by having fun developing your skills in both sports. Camps are open to boys and girls ages 5 to 14. Call 630-PLAY-BALL or visit BullsSoxAcademy.com to register today. We've got Jake Berger coming up on the show. Jake, pick up the mic real quick, will you? I, mean, just, I know you, you're very interested in the podcast business here, <laughs> Nikki Delmonico. Yeah. Okay, so here's what you do is you lay down a little bit of a tease. All right. just, just like 30, 45 seconds. You know, Jake Berger's coming up on the show. We've got news in just a few seconds, but Jake, you and I, we're going to talk about the business of podcasts. Oh, I can't wait. We're talking about hitting, wait. too. Yeah, you know, I mean, podcast first. Hitting yeah, second, podcast right? first. We'll talk about the baseball <laughs> later. He's Jake Berger. I'm Connor McKnight. That's what's next on White Sox Weekly, WLSA AM 890. You're on Makata. Swinging a fly ball deep center field. This is tagged. But the track is at the wall. The kids hit his first home run. Mancata, that's what you call leaning on the breaking ball. Yeah, a memorable oh, moment. <laughs> Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on day three of SoxFest 2018. Our final guest of three days here at SoxFest. Yeah, you didn't know. I know. Huh? You didn't know you what? were closing things out, wow. did you, Jake wow. Berger? It's Jake Berger, the first-round pick of the White Sox in last year's draft. I'm Connor McKnight. Uh, Jake, you are, as, I, as I've heard, Interested in the podcast business. You and uh, PIC Nikki Delmonico apparently interested in getting into this. Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of woke up this morning and I'm like, hey, like, our po- podcast yesterday was was incredible. I mean, sure. you know, you, you felt the, the chemistry and, uh, you know, I'm like, we could seriously do this. And, um, you know, I, I sent out a tweet with a poll. Um, and right now it's sitting at like 84% yes for we should do it. And honestly, I want to find those. 16% that said no and, and just ask why. So but, I haven't voted yet. And I, and I figured I, you know. You want me being, to sell you on it? or Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I knew you had, you were coming down here. You and I were going to have a couple of minutes. And I'd, I'd like to be moved to vote yes. I didn't want to just, you know, it's a Sox player, a guy who knows. Yeah. I, I want to be moved. Get right. me there. I mean, <clears throat> honestly. What am I going to hear on th- this podcast? This is my I thought. Can't hear in other places. I mean, obviously you got the player you know, talking about themselves sure. and, and what's going on, you know, personal. So it's not like a, a third per- party who's like, yeah, giving you this information. Like some pre and post game host on yeah, White Sox yeah, Radio, I know, like, doing, yeah, doing guys... some show at Sox Fest. I mean, my <laughs> God, who wants to listen? To exactly, that? but no, I mean, I was thinking like just once a week, um, me and Nikki just kind of kind of go through what we're working on, um, probably sh- share some uh, interesting stories, and then uh, you know have players on. You know, I mean. If one day we want to have Fulmer on or uh, Giolito, I mean, like, 
we can have them on for five minutes, and I, I think Sox fans would really enjoy that. So the other part of, of doing podcasts, as you get successful, is you'll have to do reads. You'll have to do sponsorship. You know, you'll have to do that kind of stuff. Whether it's me undies or you know, yeah. Blue Apron, something yeah, like soggy. that. You yeah. want to uh, <clears throat> you want to give that a go here? This is a read for the White Sox. This is it, which so one is, is it? Yeah, the one right here. Uh, both of them. It's it's this one first, and that's the second half. This is what we call in the business a cold read. I haven't let you look at this at all. Yeah, you've just kind of got to go top to bottom here. Go ahead, take take a whip at it. All right. Join us in Glendale, Arizona for White Sox spring training. Mm -hmm. Very good. Single-game tickets for the 2018 Cactus League season at Camelback Ranch are on sale now and start at just $10. $10? Jake, can that be true? It can be true. <laughs> to purchase these tickets, go online and visit whitesox.com slash spring. Give me that website one more time. <laughs> whitesox.com slash spring or Camelback ranchbaseball.com you can also call 1-800-352-0212 but don't do that use online go online go on that's that's actually pretty well done jake i'll, I'll tell you what i'm gonna vote yes on the yeah poll. the voice inflection yeah. you know very good yeah. very very good. charismatic it's, you, know, you got through the website real clean yeah those are always tough yeah you, you gotta you gotta enunciate you gotta enunciate hit the t's on the dot yeah otherwise it just sounds like you're mumbling yes through the thing. exactly exactly let's talk a little baseball my friend all right what was your first season, making that jump from the college ball into pro ball? Like, moving up a level is always tough. Mm -hmm. That move is, i got to imagine, unlike any other you're going to make, except for when you go AAA to the pros eventually. Yeah, no, I think I think the daily schedule is probably the biggest jump. Um, I would say that the pitching level and, and, and the level of play is probably similar. Um, I would say the depth is more, obviously. Sure. Um, but I would say just the daily schedule. I mean, you you got to get in a routine where you're playing every single day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm living in an apartment with six dudes. You know, and, and you gotta you gotta take that into account on an air mattress. Like, so it it's a little different um, in that sense, and and that's probably the biggest adjustment. And, you, you just really got to take care of your body. You allowed yourself to think over this winter what your assignment's going to be yet. You know, do you let yourself get out there just, just for a minute before bringing it back to what you've got to do every day? I mean, I feel like your mind always wanders, but, um, you know, you, you got to realize what um, what's best for you um, and your expectations. And, uh, I mean, the White Sox have their, their expectations, and they know um, what they want to see you do this season. So, um, you know, any way you can help the organization, um, I, I feel like that's that's what I'm going for. So, I mean, yeah, your mind's going to wander, but wherever wherever the organization needs you, I mean, that's ultimately where you're going to end up. We had Ricky Renneria, the skipper, on here before you came on. You guys shared a man hug mm -hmm. as, as you went through. Uh, everybody has said, uh, and we talked about this some on the first round panel that yep. we were on on Friday, how... I don't know real he is. You, you tell me the adjective that you want to use for Ricky Renneria when it comes from big leaguers to all the way down to minor leaguers. Yeah, I think I think real is probably the best word for yeah. it. I mean, he, he treats the minor league guys, he treats the Great Falls guys, the AZL guys, just just as well as he does the major league guys, and and that's that's what you want to see in a manager. And I think that's that's what creates a good clubhouse once all those guys get up. You know that they they felt a part of the team before they were even up there. So. He, he talks a lot about how, you know, if you get drafted, you're a pro player, regardless of how you got to you know, this White Sox organization, mm -hmm. you've got a fire in you. You don't want to fail. I wonder, though, if there is, you know, being a first-round pick, knowing that this system, and I, for those who, uh, who just got onto the show, the MLB Pipeline 100 came out. The White Sox have seven top 100 prospects. Knowing the system is as jacked as it is, it's your job to make a dent. It's your job to let people know that you're here. 
Any extra chip there? Any extra drive from that? I mean, yeah, you're playing with great guys like every day, you know, yeah. day in and day out. And so I think that that gives you the competitive edge, you know, where it's like, yeah, like we're all pushing each other to be the best we can, and uh, and we know that we know that we have a great great farm system, and we got great guys already up there. So it's like, I mean, obviously this is you got to work as hard as you possibly can to uh, to achieve your goals. So. Um, yeah, I mean, playing with those guys is, is awesome. I mean, you, you don't get to play with, uh, well, we have seven out of seven. 100. Yeah, I mean, like, and I'll get to play with, with a lot of those guys, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely fun and, and exciting, and, you know, I think we're all just ready for spring training. What was What is Sox Fest like for you now? You grew up a White Sox fan. Mm-hmm. Your favorite player was Paul Canerco. You have been part of this organization as a kid, yeah. and now you get to sit up here and smile and wear the pinstripes. Have you had a chance to realize where you're at? I think last night was where I was like, "Wow, this is this is pretty cool." You sure. know, I got, I got back from dinner and uh, signed some autographs in the lobby, and you know, just had that that interaction between the fans. And um, I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, every every kid wants to play for their favorite team growing up. Right. And so, I mean, it's it's uh, there's no words. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely blessed, and uh, just interacting with the fans is awesome. I mean, you you see how Jim Tomey treated the fans and and Canerco and uh, I mean going Mark Burley I mean you sure. know like it's just all great dudes and I, this organization has has been known to to have a lot of those guys and um, the fans are great too you know they embrace everybody and uh, so it's been it's been just an unbelievable weekend what's the next couple of weeks look like for you Jake as we uh, you know get closer and closer to pitchers and catchers closer and closer to spring training I know you've got a little bit of downtime before I think you, you yeah. jack things up some yeah um, so I'm gonna fly to Springfield and uh, so last year we went to the super regional and uh, we have a ring ceremony uh, on Tuesday at a basketball game very so cool. very yeah cool. well, all the guys are gonna go back um, a lot of the pro guys and you know, we'll uh, we'll tell our stories for for a couple tell more days. For a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I'll be back in AZ and uh, you know getting ready to go. Um, you know, I think we start the 19th uh, pitchers and catchers yeah. like the 14th. So um, just I'm excited. So what are the check marks for your first spring training with a major league organization? I mean, I, I'm sure that you've got goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. The organization will have some too. I like to ask, you know, what boxes? What do they look like? And you know, yeah. if you can split them up between you know, the hitting side of things and the defensive side of things too for us, because I think people are interested to see you know where you fit both sides. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the first and foremost thing is just learn as much as you can. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be in a locker room with a lot of guys that have a lot of MLB experience, so I um, mean, you know, asking as many questions as you can and, and getting as much information as you can to uh, to get to that level um, in the regular season. I mean, is very important. So. I think that's the first and foremost, and then uh, I mean defensively. I mean obviously, just always working on the range and just again learning. You know, I mean there's there's probably little little things and little ticks that that, that I don't know yet, mm-hmm. and and these guys that have this experience know. Um, so learning that, and uh, obviously always working on the range, and then uh, at at the plate again learning. I mean, what what's my zone, and, and how to be disciplined in, in certain situations, and, and when to be aggressive. And uh, I think that again, that comes with being in the locker room with a lot of guys that have experience. How has hot yoga helped the range at third base? <laughs> it, it's helped a lot, for real. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been miserable through it, but you know, I'm <laughs> grinding through it. But well, you you know, you build character when you're miserable, so that's a good. Yeah. You're clearly doing the right exactly. thing there. For, for those who don't know, I, some faces in the crowd, maybe they didn't hit the seminar. Yeah. You and Nikki Delmonico have apparently taken up. Through Groupon. Groupon. Some Cyber Monday. <laughs> incredible, incredible deal. Yeah, <laughs> yoga. I mean, 
first day we we go in and we go to the hottest part of the room, not not knowing of right. course. And I mean, we, we're 15 minutes in, and me and Nick are looking at each other like, "What did we get into?" And like, this is this is hell. And the people behind us like. Not sweating, you Nothing. know, just just normal. Like we come here every month doing the splits. I'm like, yeah, I can't. That's unbelievable. So. What uh, honestly, the, what what are the the exercises you work on? Exercise is probably a stupid word uh, to to work on range. How do you get better in the off season? Uh, yeah. Getting left, getting right, you know, being that guy that you want to be. It's a lot of like uh, agility and side to side work uh, with resistant bands. So plyo stuff. Yeah, plyo stuff. Sure. Um, different different types of jumping and explosiveness. I mean, that's you, you got to build those quick twitch muscles up and. Uh, you know, I think I think that's what I've kind of strived for this off season is because I already know I'm strong. Yeah. You know, um, I can I can bench, but can I get to a ball? You know, three feet out of my range from last year. You know, and so I think that was that was the goal this year. And and the strength and conditioning coaches have been unbelievable with that. And uh, you know, every day we're doing some sort of agility and resistant band work to work on that explosiveness. Jake, appreciate you stopping by. Great talking with you. Best of luck on the podcast. Thank you. Just yeah. when it gets real big and famous, don't forget to pitch White Sox Weekly. You yeah, know, no, I mean, yeah, I give you a shout and uh, help us you out. Get you on. I mean, appreciate yeah, it. I mean, yeah, happy to guest for you. Yeah, right. You need it. <laughs> Jake Berger, everybody, White Sox first round draft pick here at Sox Fest, and our final guest on yeah. White Sox Weekly. Yeah. Over these Put last a check couple mark of days, on that one. <laughs> we will wrap things up when we come back. Jake's got a plane to catch. Thanks so much. This Thank is you. WLSA 890. A swing, a high fly ball, left center field. He's going to join the 500 club. Yes! Look alive, Chicago. The Sox are heard here on the WLS White Sox Radio Network. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLSAM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. It is our last couple of minutes at SoxFest 2018. Can you believe it? I, it was here. And real quickly, it has gone, but a good time, I think, had by everybody. Players, prospects, coaches, front office, and, of course, Sox fans here at the Hilton in Chicago. It has been a blast, and we've been uh, privileged to bring it to you. Had a lot of guests over the first three day over these three days. I'm going back through all of them, making sure I don't forget anybody. Uh, we had Hawk Harrelson on on Friday with uh, with the Steve Dahl show. We had Aloy Jimenez. Well, we talked to him Friday and then aired that interview today. Ed and DJ stopped by the David Hochberg show Saturday morning and then Saturday afternoon uh, here on White Sox Weekly. We had Lucas Giolito, Jason Benetti, Nikki Delmonico, Carlos Rodon, and Tim Anderson. And just this afternoon, we had the manager, Ricky Renteria, and we just said goodbye to first-round pick Jake Berger, who's going to take off and head back to the old stomping grounds at Missouri State. It's been a lot of fun talking to all these guys, and it's been a lot of fun talking to you Sox fans as well, uh, just about your excitement for the 2018 team. We're going to learn a lot about this, uh, about what the next phase of the White Sox looks like and, and how it's going to evolve. Um if you missed any of the shows or any of the interviews, you can head over to the website, wlsam.com slash White Sox. You can download all of our podcasts there in case you missed any interviews. You can pick them up. I highly recommend the one we just finished with Jake Berger. He's a funny dude and trying to get started in the podcast business. Give him a follow on Twitter. Tell him you'd like his podcast if he did one. Uh, but if you do, you're contractually obligated to listen to White Sox Weekly every single Saturday and or Sunday that we're on, too. So just know that, you know, when you're hitting the yes button. Also, White Sox games are better with a group. Group events are perfect for clients, employees, celebrating or fundraising. Bring your group of 10 or more for a great experience with specially priced tickets. It's never too early to start planning 2018. For more information, 
Call 312-674-6330. That's 312-674-6330. Or visit whitesocks.com. A couple other things we want to get to here before we wrap up the show for the afternoon. The and this is really helpful for our show. We, we should have uh, wish we would have collaborated more with MLB.com on this. But the top 100 prospects just came out this morning. The White Sox have seven in the top 100 list. It is a stacked class for the White Sox to be sure. And I, to be quite honest with you, a placement of a few of them has surprised me just a little bit. Here's the makeup of the top 100 for what it's worth. The top prospect in all of baseball. And the way they do this on MLB Pipeline is if you're eligible for, if you have your rookie eligibility, you are eligible for this list, which means and it's a little bit of a workaround. I, I, I'm going to look at him somewhat differently, the same way I looked at Jose Abreu a little bit differently when he came up his rookie season. That's not to say they're not deserving of the praise and making it happen their first year in the big league. Shohei Otani who was just signed by the Angels a few weeks ago, is the number one prospect in all of baseball based on MLBPipeline.com's list. Ronald Acuna of the Braves is number two. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is number three. He a third baseman of the Blue Jays. and Father, just uh, uncle rather, just getting into, no, dad, just getting into the Hall of Fame. Aloy Jimenez is number four on that list and the first White Sox to appear in the top 100. We've talked a lot about the excitement that surrounds SoxFest 2018. A lot of that has to do with guys like Aloy Jimenez and the rest on this list. Some major league talent, too, to be sure. And we'll get to watch all that develop. Uh, Ten on the list on the top 100 MLB pipeline is Michael Kopech. He is the second pitcher rated. Forrest Whitley of the Houston Astros, who's an absolute giant. I think he goes something like 6'7", 6'8". He's Alec Hansen size, or maybe just a bit shorter, but big dude. Forrest Whitley, the number one pitcher in prospect lists, if you're not counting Shohei Otani, so I'm kind of working around here. Michael Kopech is 10 overall. Luis Robert lands at 28. I am fascinated to see Luis Robert work in spring training. I have not seen him swing stateside except for the, the hitter's camp, which is you know BP. Got excited about those three swings that the White Sox tweeted out a, a gif of, but understand that you have to kind of couch that in some reality. Baseball Prospectus um, listed him, I believe it was four or five in the White Sox organization, and what they had written up, and, and they didn't put him in their top 100 uh, for the initial rankings, just not enough tape, not enough to, to look at and, and really know what, what those scouts wanted to know. That's why his landing at 28 here is a little bit interesting to me. I, I certainly understand that the White Sox have picked up the talent there. They see it. Um, but it'll be really fun to watch where his assignment lands, watch where his you know, spring training at bats kind of end up, where he's, you know, which field, which backfields he's playing on. I'm sure he'll get some, I'm sure he'll get a, a number of at bats in big league camp and in some spring training games, when and where, will be a lot of fun to watch. Alec Hansen lands at number 54 for the White Sox. Dylan Cease at 61. 92 is Dane Dunning, and 99 is Blake Rutherford. Alec Hansen jumping up the list. Uh, he led all of minor league baseball in strikeouts last season. Haven't had a chance to uh, to talk with him yet this SoxFest, doing some shows and bouncing around, but we'll talk to him for sure. I, I think you'll hear from him on a White Sox Weekly during spring training at some point. Hansen could have been 1-1 coming out. I feel like we've talked about this a lot, right? I feel like Nick Hostetler has mentioned this a couple of times, too. 
Hanson could have been picked 1-1 had he come out his junior season from Oklahoma. His senior season was a rough one. He has rebounded, figured things out. And you got to imagine that with Richard Dotson being reassigned to the, the AA pitching staff, the AA uh, pitching coach, that a number of guys, whether it's Dunning or Hanson or, or others that may ascend to that, no, to, this, to that team, the idea there is to make sure that that kind of eye, that veteran touch, of, of Dotson is, is put on to Hanson and Dane Dunning, getting those finishing touches on, on some of those arms. Dylan Cease is an intriguing one to be sure. Just a couple of innings with the White Sox after being traded over from the Cubs in the Jose Quintana deal. He is at 92. I believe we mentioned that. And Blake Rutherford is at 99. His assignment, really the, the lower minors, A, double A, has, you know, the White Sox have a good problem there with a logjam of outfielders, Rutherford being one of them. You've got Alex Call and Jameson Fisher. There's a lot of guys down there who are going to have to fight for some playing time, I, I think, during spring training. And, you know, I, I love job battles when we get to spring. They're much more noticeable at the major league level, of course, because they're playing games on TV and they're on the they're on the big field. But those... Those battles happen, too, on the backfields, and they're, they're mostly good-natured, but they understand, those guys understand that there's jobs to fight for and there's opportunities to be had. So we'll have that in spring training as well. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to get going. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here in just a second, but first, got to tell you this. There is no better way to watch a White Sox game than in premium seating. The Chicago White Sox offer all-inclusive club areas, private suites, and the best locations and accommodations we have the perfect option for two people or the whole office. For more information, call 312-674-6330 or visit whitesox.com. Our, our first show, my first show here on White Sox Weekly, was at SoxFest two years ago. Happy to be here again. Love SoxFest, our third, and looking forward to a whole lot more. Thanks to everybody for coming up and saying hi throughout the weekend. We'll bring you some White Sox weekly from spring training in just a little bit here. It's right around the corner. Ricky Renneria is heading down there in four days to get things started. and to get there early and work out some lineups. We'll do the same over the next week, and maybe we'll call Ricky, run a couple by him. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Patrick Berger, our engineer here on site, and Tyler Bravo, our producer back at the shed, our wonderful promotions department as well. They have played Connect Four all three days long, and I think undefeated, actually. I don't think anybody's taken them down, so that's been impressive to watch as well. That's some of the noise you've been hearing in the background. I'm Connor McKnight. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you next week on White Sox Weekly. This is WLS AM 890. You've been listening to White Sox Weekly, the official weekly talk show covering all things White Sox baseball. Listen every week for White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890, the proud home for White Sox baseball.